Hello everyone and welcome to the DMV Girl Gang's Empower Hour. Today we are taping our final episode for the summer, for the year, and joining me today are two of our favorite co-hosts, Veronica and Emily. Hey! Hey everyone! So we wanted to make this last episode of the summer an impactful one. So we're talking about three different topics. So it's going to be jam-packed. And I won't be mad at you if you take notes, just saying. <laughs> so let's just hop right into it and start with our first topic that is on finances and managing your money. So we asked several poll questions like we usually do. So poll question number one, are you currently in any kind of debt? It could be school loans, credit cards, mortgages, etc., etc. 76% of our listeners said yes. 24% said no. And to the people who said no, I'm assuming you're either younger, still living with a parent. But even then, like I had debt when I was living with my parents. I feel like I wasn't in debt at some point because I didn't have credit cards. I didn't right. have all of that stuff. So. Right. I think early undergrad, I was not in debt. My parents paid for my school. I lived with my parents. They paid for my car, my phone. So I didn't really have, and I didn't have a credit card. I had nothing to my name. Or it could be that you paid it off. Yeah. You're lucky, lucky you guys. <laughs> I looked up a poll taken in April 2018, which was recent, by NBC. And they say, per their results, three out of Four millennials in the U.S. have some form of debt. So you're definitely not alone. And this group uh, was made of of 18 to 34-year-olds, millennials. 25% were over $30,000 in debt, so 30K, with 11% of that 25% being millennials over $100,000 in debt. Oh, my God. Is that including um, mortgages? Oh, yeah, that's that Because mortgages usually rank up a lot of debt quickly. No, so the majority of this debt is credit card debt. Oh, my oh, God. Wow. Not school loans, which many people would think for that age group. Um, only 20 22% of millennials are debt-free. Are you currently in any kind of debt? So, yes, the only kind of debt I currently have is my mortgage, which we just closed on a house about a year ago. Um, I also have a car note still, which I'm almost done paying and then I also have actually no that's it I, I oh I had my student loans but I just finished paying that off a couple months ago thankfully <laughs> so I don't have any more student loans and then I don't have any credit card debts I used to when I was in college but thankfully I've paid all of that off and closed those accounts um and so the credit cards that I do have now I use them but I pay them off every month before I accrue any interest so oh, no debt plan. yeah do you have any debt I do right now um I just got a home so I've been no buying mortgage. stuff with my <laughs> cards oh, stuff for your house <laughs> yes yeah. you know so we just bought our house not that long ago and what we did was we applied for new credit lines at different furniture stores so that we could get like the no no interest financing and so because that's the one thing I feel like if you have debt it doesn't really matter if you're not paying interest on it but if you're paying interest on it then that's bad because you're yeah, that's the killer but I would say yes because right now like I got a house and you're trying to furnish stuff. it yeah. yeah the only really kind of debt that I have right now is mortgage I paid off my car a few years ago um, later on I will tell you about the serious debt that I had when I was in undergrad so I don't have debt now but mainly it's because I learned my lesson <laughs> um, it was bad I'm talking about like debt collectors calling me <sighs> poor hearings etc etc and part in my voice I have a cough for the last week and a half but um anyway so yeah so I don't currently have that but I did at one point and it was bad um but we'll get to that a little later um question number two my finances and or debt stress me out 71% of our listeners said true 29% of our listeners said false um, like I said, at one point, it really did stress me out. Currently, thankfully, not so much. Not really, actually, thankfully. I've been there too, and that's why now I try to keep my, give myself cushion. Do my finances stress me out? Uh, no. And I think that because we've kind of learned over the years how to manage our finances, at least I have. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you guys have had some pretty bad experiences too. 
Um, I do wish our parents or our teachers or someone taught us about credit and interest rates and what all that means. Because of those life lessons, I've finally gotten a hold of things. And so I'm pretty comfortable with what I make versus what I spend. And I'm pretty good at keeping track of it all. So as of right now, my finances don't stress me out at all, thankfully. It's funny that you bring that up because actually like a week, maybe not even a week, maybe a couple of days, my brother came over and he was telling me that when you have an older sibling, it's easier because they make a mistake so i literally told my brother do not get credit cards when you're in college you don't need them especially when you're living with your parents mm-hmm. and you work use the money that you have and if you can't afford it then don't, don't buy, buy it, it. <laughs> live within your means and that's because of what i learned so i guess i could be mean and let him figure it out himself but i don't want that for my brother so literally what i tell my brothers mind your finances because they will kick your butt like debt collectors and all that no joke and your credit score you're right yeah it's like hard to figure it and out, we're all so. the oldest yeah yeah so. Question number three. I am proud of my credit score. 67% of our listeners said true. 33% of our listeners said false. So at this point in my life, I am proud of my credit score. But when I was in debt, I definitely wasn't. And it haunted me for a while. Because when you mess up your credit score, it's there. It's... A low credit score. Really it's really hard to bring it up. So my bad credit score haunted me up to the point where we got this house. I had a low. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It was already building, but it wasn't high enough for us to get a conventional loan. So we had to pay mortgage insurance on our mortgage, which is like basically money that you're just paying extra because they're scared that you won't be able to pay off your mortgage. And what sucks about i don't know about other countries but in the u.s they basically reward you for having debt because if you have zero debt you have a zero credit score and you can't do anything with the credit score with no credit score and then the more debt you rack up as long as you're paying off like a certain amount your credit score goes higher and higher you could be like struggling to pay off your debt and you finally pay it off and then they're like hey i'm gonna give you another five thousand dollars so you can spend it set up so that you have to have debt to be able to get certain things like well, a house or a car it might be kind of like a conspiracy to help the finance yeah the country, yeah you know but then we have all these people in debt and the crappy credit scores and then they can't buy their first house or a car and the, or they can but mortgage insurance really high interest oh, rates yeah. So yes, to answer the question, I'm proud of my credit score now, but it was a struggle. I would definitely say that I'm proud of mine too. I have excellent credit. Um, I'm addicted to the Credit Karma app. It's free and you can check it all day mm-hmm. long if you want and you can link up all of your accounts so your you can link your checking accounts your savings accounts all your mm-hmm. credit card accounts so it keeps track of everything and so it tracks you know the age of your credit history and your payments and it's actually pretty accurate so i literally check it at least once a month um just to make sure that there's no funky business going on because <laughs> yeah. i you do a lot of online shopping so you know yeah. someone can like hack your information um but yeah i'm pretty proud of my credit score i didn't know what it was a few years ago but I started learning that the lower or the better your interest score, the lower your interest rates that you could get on like car loans and home loans and all of that stuff. So it's really, really, really important. Another thing about credit scores that I learned through Credit Karma is if you close credit cards, it's actually bad for your credit score. Right. So just pay them off and leave it open. Unless there's like a yearly charge, like a maintenance fee, close it. Yeah. Then that's wasted money also. Yeah. Um, Unless you have another credit card where you get like cash back anyway and you're mm-hmm. getting money, you're earning money in another way to be able to pay for or that points. fee. Or points. Travel yeah. points. Yeah. There, don't ever get a credit card that does not give you anything in return like travel points or cash back. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm proud of my credit score, though. Emily? I'm proud of it now, but I did use the Credit Karma app as well to help me look at what was affecting it, mm-hmm. and it helped me tackle the issue areas. And Yeah, because it gives you recommendations mm-hmm. and stuff, too. Right, and it gives you, it tells you how much you're in debt. Yeah. So then when you see this number, you're <laughs> yeah, just like, so oh my god, I don't like it, let's <laughs> put it down. <laughs> Time to work on this. Question number four. Are you setting money aside for your savings account, 401k, or some kind of emergency fund? 76% of our listeners said yes. 24% of our listeners said no. I have a personal savings account, and then I have a joint savings account for, like, 
home family emergencies type thing i do i have 401k uh, i think it's i did it through my job so i don't know if i would have done it on my own right but since my job was like do you want it and i was like yeah probably sure. should and it's something that is pre-tax so mm-hmm it kind of helps. And sometimes you don't, you your don't employer see it. matches it. Yeah, exactly. Like so I was like, why not? It's a good idea. I though. guess it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks really nice on paper, and hopefully, when I'm like ready to retire, it actually is all it looks. Because you know, you're not getting Social Security. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have uh, a savings account, a joint savings account. Not saving for something in particular, because of course I have kids and I think about that. But um, I don't think I'm there yet financially where all of this is for like their college or something right because i mean to be realistic we're kind of living in the now so you know we just got a house and that's right you know for them for us it's a family thing right so it's hard to be like okay well we just got a house and we're gonna save money for college for both of them you know yeah we had a there yet when I was with Kaiser, I remember we had that session about saving for college, and they're like, you should start saving for college for your kids so you can realistically have enough to cover the whole college career. You should start saving by the time they're, they said one or two. I'm like, well, I'm behind. <laughs> we say we're going to start saving, and I think through work, you have like a option to start saving, but like you said, like that's in our mind, that's so far from now that, you know, we have our home we have all these we have daycare yeah it's like that's what basically do I do? like tuition right you're like what do i do right now do yeah. i save trust i mean i if know can, that it's really important to do and all if of you that. can go for it right. but realistically like for us that's just not a priority right now it should be it would be if it could be, right. but it can't. I mean, then uh, you guys should focus on making sure that your kids do well in school so mm-hmm. they can get scholarships and le- so they learn how to apply for scholarships. I mean, I think my parents, when I went off to college my freshman year, really stupid idea of me, but I went to a private college, so it was a lot of money. Um, so half of it I got in scholarships and the other half my parents had to take out student loans, which I feel horrible for, you know, because that's under their name and, you know, I don't know if my, they're even done paying that back actually but then once I moved here I took on the burden of paying for my school and so then that's why I had so much student loan debt yeah so it's just you know it's a never-ending cycle so it really should be important and I don't know how parents do it you know no. to really kind of focus in on saving saving for their kids education because that is that's pretty much the main reason why so many millennials are in so much debt right I think I don't think they planned it out this way but my parents kind of help themselves out by spacing their kids out like we're all seven years apart Mm -hmm. so they paid for my college my undergrad and for my brother's undergrad and my brother is like a year away from college and And you guys went to like we went to the local local university we we lived at home Mm -hmm. so that helped your parents so much yeah yeah so yes i'm saving money i have a savings account and then i also have a 401k through my job um i we actually that reminds me we did um we did a seminar at work the other day where someone came came and did like a financial planning you know day for us and one of the things that they were talking about was 401ks versus Roth accounts mm-hmm. I have a 401k which they take your money out pre-tax um but the financial planner that came out and talked to us was saying that they recommend um Roth IRAs or Roth accounts because they take that out post-tax so, which by the time you are set to retire, anything in your Roth account, 100% of it is yours. Whereas your 401k account, you, get taxed you still it. get taxed on that. So you don't even get to keep all of the money that you, you have in those. I still haven't set one up. I told myself that I would do that before the end of this year. You know, I'm turning 30, so it's not too late to start. Um, mm-hmm. But as of right now, I only have that 401k. It's on my to-do list for this year. It's <laughs> a good idea. Question number five. I live within my means. This is very important. 67% of our listeners said true. 33% of our listeners said false. Um, And here's where I will tell you about the mistakes I made in undergrad. I did not live within my means, like at all. And mind you that I was living with my parents. They paid for everything. So I had no debt before I got credit card. Then like a year or two into undergrad, I started working at Chevy Chase Bank 
which is now Capital One. Yeah. And I got a credit card because I worked there. So I was like, let me just get the credit card from the bank. And I think my initial like limit was 500. I spent that in like a day. <laughs> and at that point I was dating and the person I was dating did not have credit cards and did not have like a strong income. I mean, we were in college. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got it. Cause like you said, you're not educated in that. So you're like, I'll pay you back eventually. I got a job. I'll pay it. So got that credit card. And it's funny because I kept getting approved for all these cards. Mm-hmm. And like they were small limits, but then they kept going up and they kept, cause at first I could keep it, like I could keep it under control. And then it kept going and kept going. And then I started working at a hospital and they had a credit union and they were offering this consolidation loan. They're like, bundle up all your debt and one bill, one bill, lower interest rate. So I did that, but I didn't close my credit card. So I moved all my debt from my, original credit cards into this con- consolidation loan but then I racked up my credit cards again oh, no. and then I had oh, this gosh. consolidation loan it got to a point I want to say like three four years after that I couldn't pay them and I'm pretty sure if I would have put my pride aside and just talked to my parents especially my dad he would have helped me out but I'm like no you're gonna be hella pissed because I'm and ask me what I did with all that money probably clothes clothes (laughs) (laughs) clothes going out to restaurants going out to clubs stupid shit yeah. Stupid shit that if I really would have used that money for something useful, shoot, if I would have bought a car with it, that would have made more sense. Mm-hmm. But it was stuff that was so not important. That you no longer have. I don't have. It's either doesn't fit or it's out of style or um, I had this thing that I was basically the sugar mama to the person I was dating at the time because I would buy them lavish gifts not like cars or whatever but lavish for us at that time mm-hmm. talking about like shoes PSPs oh. uh, Nike boots North Face jackets like it was so stupid and I'm if I could go back and tell my younger self like don't be stupid don't do it don't do it don't <laughs> be stupid so then it got to a point where I, I was so in debt and I couldn't pay it back and I could only do like the minimum payments but I had so many cars I had cards, like bank cards, visa cards, and then I had like department store cards. Mm-hmm. That's the point where I couldn't pay. I couldn't even do the minimum anymore because it was just, and I had an okay job for that time. But by this point, I was out of college, but it was just so much. And then on top of that, at that point, I had gotten a car. My dad co-signed with me. My dad, my parents didn't know about my debt. Mm-hmm. I was silently struggling. They didn't know until I started getting calls from debt collectors. Oh my god, that's terrible. (laughs) And then I went and I saw this commercial about freedom. Do you guys remember freedom? They're like, freedom. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what they do is they get, it's a total scam. They get all your debt, like all your information for all the cards that you owe. And they pay one card at a time. And whole time, the other cards are just not getting paid. So your credit. Credit score, up like interest, fees, and, interest fees, and, and your credit score is going to oh, crap, wow. basically. And they go from like the smallest debt to the biggest debt. My biggest debt was that consolidation loan. Mm-hmm. That's when I started getting like subpoenas to go to court because I didn't pay off the debt. Finally, I talked to my dad in tears. I'm blessed that I my dad was able to help me because there's other people that they can't get out of it. So how did he help you? He basically helped me pay for my my consolidation loan but it's like if you're so ashamed of racking up all this debt why are you doing it jt Mm -hmm. i was like what 22 23 it's definitely not worth it it's you need to live within your means if you don't have any income or if you don't have good income why are you having brunch every weekend why are you buying new outfits every weekend i'm not trying to crap on anyone this is what i was doing back when i was 22 you know i'll even still go shopping at the thrift store i'm not yeah. to say that you when know, i was trying to well yeah that's true. <laughs> um you could find things with tags on them people will never know like there's so many things you can do to you know if you're more concerned about the appearance that you yeah. have there's so many ways you can find deals and bargain mm-hmm. things versus spending more than what you make what sucks about things nowadays is that everybody is so eager to show off what they have on instagram or (laughs) yeah social media and it's like i posted a little video on my instagram a couple weeks ago you buy all this stuff so you could look cool 
cool on your Instagram posts and all that, but all you're going to get is a like, and you can't spend a like, and you can't pay off your debt with your like. <laughs> so is it worth it? Yeah, that's true. I actually went in debt. This happened during the recession. Mm-hmm. Both my mom and I lost our jobs. Mm-hmm. So I got a credit card. So yeah, my mom's a single mom. And it was just, it was a lot. So that $5,000 went to put. Yeah. And I couldn't pay it off. I didn't have a job. My mom finally kind of got a job, but, you know, it wasn't, like, the best paying job in the world. So when I finally did get a job when I was 18, so that's, like, a year later. Mm-hmm. And So a year racking up debt. Yeah, because how was I going to pay it back? Obviously, I wasn't making enough money. So it was just, it, like, a backlog it, Yeah, of debt. and then, you know, five grand quickly grows into something much worse Yeah, when you don't pay it off. I, so you definitely weren't living within your means. Oh, no. But you then were, it kind of, like, disappeared, you know? Not literally, but, I'm like. Know, how? No, no, no. Right? Oh. So I'm saying I never, I didn't pay for it. So that kind of was in the background, you know. Like you said, debt collectors calling, and, mm-hmm. you know, never answering the phone. Four or five years went by. Mm, stressful. That debt never got paid. So they just stopped calling you. They stopped calling me. You know, years later, I know that that thing is lingering in the back, and I never forgot about it. But then I already have like I'm renting an apartment. I have my car. I have all these things that I'm taking care of, and then all of a sudden. My my checks start coming to two hundred dollars. Oh shit! Oh, oh they, my they god! They garnished your wages. Yeah. So I have to suck it up and live off of two hundred dollars every two weeks. So you left the apartment when I'm used to. How long well, did it no. take them to stop garnishing your wages? About a year and a half. Wow. See, that's what's sad because it happens to a lot of people. Well, I found an article on how you can set up a debt repayment plan in six easy steps. Oh, that's good. So maybe we can help some people. So this is when I say you should probably write this down. I found an article called How to Set Up a Debt Repayment Plan in Six Easy Steps. And it's an article by Miriam Caldwell from TheBalance.com. Step number one, make a list of all your debt. This list should include minimum payment amounts, interest rates, and how much you owe. This list should include all of your debt credit cards personal loans student loans mortgages car payments even money you owe friends and family step number two rank your debts in the order that you want to pay them off there's two ways you can pay them off from the smallest dollar amount to the largest dollar amount or from the highest interest rate to the lowest interest rate. Either way is good. You're paying off debt. But just know, once you pick a way, you got to stick to those ways. Or else it's going to get you all out of whack. I chose smartest amount, dollar amount, to the largest dollar amount. I did the second one. You did the interest I did rate? I did, did it by the higher interest rate. Mm. Yeah. Step number three, find extra money to pay your debt. This means cutting back hard. Maybe you won't be able to eat out for a few weeks, months, years. (laughs) (laughs) A year and a half. (laughs) Get a part-time job. I mean, if you're in debt, it's going to take sacrifice to pay it off. Put all your bonuses, tax returns towards paying off your debt. Also, make sure to double check with your bank and credit cards that they won't charge you a penalty if you're making extra payments Um, because some people do Which I've never understood that. I don't know. And also check that your extra payment is actually going to go to the principal and not to the interest. Budget. Definitely budget is key in life but especially when you want to pay off your debt Uh, use your savings it's not recommended to put money aside in your savings that is money that can go to pay off your debt yeah mostly just because it has to do with the interest so you're losing more money than you're gaining in a mm -hmm. savings account so so save later pay off your debt first they do suggest that you leave enough in case of an emergency and then the key is to stop racking up more debt after you've already paid it off yeah hence jt's hence jt (laughs) consolidation loans um number four focus on one debt at a time like we said go down the list put all your extra money towards your first debt and pay the minimum balance on the others step five once you've paid off the first debt, move on to the next debt and pay the minimum on the others and continue this process until you've paid off all your debt yeah that definitely works yeah number six 
build up your savings. Once you have paid off your debt, this is the time to start focusing on building up your savings account. I think those are good, solid six steps to pay off your debt. It may be easier said than done for some people, but then that really goes back to step three, where you have to find extra money to pay off your debt. Getting more jobs, cut back. I think a lot of people would have a lot more money if they just cut back on a lot of unnecessary things, especially nowadays. Stop doing it for the damn gram. Nobody cares. At the end of the day, nobody's going to pay your debt. All right, moving on to our next topic, which is goal setting, dreams, and aspirations. Our first question in our poll for goal setting, do you have an idea of where you want to be and or what you want to be doing in five years? 81% of our listeners said yes, and 19% of our listeners said no. I think for me, I have a general idea of where I want to be in five years. I think the thing that changes the most sometimes is like career-wise, but... Family-wise, I know where I want to be. Overall, generally, life-wise, I know where I want to be. Um, I don't know if I have any, like, concrete goals. Um, you know, in five years, I want to still have a good paying job. Mm-hmm. I still want to be able to afford my bills and my life. I mean, I have a short-term goal, actually. I want to go to Japan next year. <laughs> So, so I'm saving for that specifically. Like I'm putting specific money aside just for, for that. that trip. So that's a short term goal, but that's in one year. So you, so you don't you don't have like a five year plan per se. Not exactly. I, think, I don't I think that's fine. I mean, I'm happy with how my life right now. So it's not like I just hope that in five years I'm not like worse off than now. You know. So you don't have necessarily a five year plan because you're okay the way you are now to be the way you are now in five years. Yeah, I would. Okay. Do you have a five year? I do, sort of. I do want to advance more in the career I'm in right now or industry. Mm -hmm. Probably get certified for some of the stuff that we do. (laughs) We just touched toes. Like, what's (laughs) easy? I guess I don't have like a, oh, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to do it. You have an idea. But I do know what I want. Question number two. I have dreams and aspirations, but for the most part, I just don't know how to make them a reality. 58% of our listeners said true. 42% of our listeners said false. Um, For me, I will say sometimes I feel like this is true. Like you want to do something and you're like, how do I get there? But then that's when the goal planning comes in. So I will say initially I might feel that way. Yeah. I definitely see that applying to you. I mean, you're always into trying to like start nonprofits and find ways to help people. So your goals and aspirations are definitely there. And I think even doing this podcast obviously is one actual step that you've taken to try Aww. to reach some of your goals. But I feel like my goals are constantly changing and that's normal too, people. Yeah. You don't have to know what you want to do all the time. And you at least have goals. I think I'm kind of boring. I don't really have any. You always say that, but <laughs> she like kicks ass at work. Yeah, no, I like my job. That's why I you really would be like fine. My job. That's why you would be fine being where you are now in five years because you're kicking ass. <laughs> For me, I just feel like sometimes it's hard to take that first step to, mm. or maybe you don't know what that first step is. Yeah, I've always wanted to make cakes or do something like treats and stuff like that. I've always wanted to do that, and I've done it for fun, but I've never like been gone out there and been like, "Oh, do you want to buy cupcakes?" I just feel like I don't have the courage to do it because right. I feel like it's not going to be successful or something. You know what? It's funny you say that because my dad and I are opening a restaurant in October. So exciting. In D.C. That's where. At first, my brother and I were like, because my dad likes starting businesses. Like, that's his thing. For us, we're like, you have a business. Why do you need more businesses? And it's funny that you say that because my dad was like, when you do something, you do something knowing that it's going to be successful. You don't start something and say, "Mm, maybe it'll be successful. You say it will. And you work to make it work. And then when he said that, like, he meant it. It wasn't, like, cliche or anything. Let me just give you words of wisdom. No, he meant it. And he lives by it. So my brother and I were like, damn, we're going to get that tattooed on our back. (laughs) Because it was so deep. But him saying that, we don't even question it anymore. We're like, well, he knows what he's doing. And the way he lives his life, it reflects that mentality. If it's something you really want to do, do it. And put it out into the universe that it's going to work. Because you're going to work hard at it. 
I mean, if you start something and half-ass it, it's not going to work. Yeah, it's good when you like what you do. Otherwise, there's no passion. Agreed. Question number three. I mostly surround myself with people who support me as well as my dreams and goals. 92% of our listeners said true. 8% of our listeners said false. And I would say true because, I mean, like I said, my dad is support my family supports me my friends support me um and people that don't they either don't have the balls to tell you or it doesn't matter and the dmv girl gang supports me. and the dmv mm-hmm. girl gang will support you yeah i definitely think it's important to have um a good base of family and friends that uplift you um but i do think it's also important to have that one friend who will tell you like it is even mm-hmm. if it hurts your feelings because a lot of times you know people just you know, don't want to hurt your feelings or, you know, they just don't have that confidence or trust to be able to tell you the truth. And so an honest friend is really appreciated every now and then. Right. Like your cheese scented candle business is not going to (laughs) work. I surround myself with people who support me. I kept the friends that support me and then other ones have added on mm-hmm. or I've gone to the back to back to the past sorry and seen who have been those people who supported me and continue that communication or mm-hmm. have looked to communi- communicate with them again or something number four was an open-ended question what prevents you from achieving a goal and we had lots of things we had time or lack of time procrastinating fear of judgment money and debt being inconsistent self-doubt laziness fear of failing not knowing where to start being a mom of four I feel stuck between chasing my dreams or dedicating myself 100% to them. And as a mom, I can see where this person is coming from. For me, it's um, grad school. I want to go back to grad school. Grad school is definitely not cheap. At the same time, want to take away from the money that I can spend on my children or that my children need. I know that grad school will mean debt and that that is money that's going to be essentially taken away from my kids. So I actually was planning on going to grad school this fall, um, but I had to defer it a year. For me, that's just what makes sense at this time. When my kids are in free public school, then my finances change. Because like I said, paying for their daycare and her private pre-K is basically like a whole nother mortgage. And we do need a new car eventually. So just in the grand scheme of things, grad school is just just in my example. Grad school at this time is not the most financially intelligent thing to do. It would definitely help me get to where I want to get. But everything in due time, I have other stuff coming up um, that will hopefully be have positive outcomes. So I understand what she means that she feels stuck between chasing her dreams and dedicating her time to her kids see how that can prevent you from achieving a goal temporarily which one of these stood out to you or can you relate to i would say laziness uh-huh. i don't know i'm just um, i say this over and i think i'm boring i'm not really like motivated to make real goals outside of work so i would say just laziness or not knowing where to even start or what to do yeah for the people who said money and debt definitely refer to our earlier earlier topic because you can get out of that debt your first step is to pay off that debt then you can move on to achieving your goal i think we need to get out of the mentality like we need to get everything done now life is a process that's just how it is what stood out to you or what prevents you from achieving a goal i think time procrastination and i'll say it again courage sometimes Mm -hmm. i feel like i don't want to commit my time sometimes there's just so many things that i guess i don't want to give up right i don't want to give up putting my kids to bed right like that time is valuable for me it's emotional gain for me Yeah, and I totally feel that. And I think, again, for us, that just means we follow our dreams and goals when our kids are a little bit older. That's just what it is. We're we're they're teenagers and they don't want to be around you anyway. (laughs) Yeah, and we're not necessarily missing out on following our dreams because we're spending time with our children. I think parents... Yeah, it changes. Yeah, I, I think parents, not necessarily just moms, 
we're too hard on ourselves. We already have, and I'm constantly hard on myself, but when you think about it, you have so much going on. You're literally creating and raising people from scratch. And that's such a big responsibility. And that's a goal in itself because your goal is to raise responsible kids who are kind, who got their ish together when they're older. Number five, what motivates you to keep going when you are pursuing a goal? For me, in terms of the whole working out thing, is when I see results. Then I'm like, okay, all right. But it's hard to get the results. I can't do it because I feel like I don't see results right away. Or I'm like, I know that it's the worst way to measure it. like The scale? The scale. Yeah, Yeah, so definitely results for me. Um, Our listener said, what motivates you to keep going? My kids, my drive, experience knowledge i always want to keep learning someone wrote me i want to prove myself to myself Steve. Um, my ambition and passion for what i love and want my family feeling of being stuck and not having purpose motivates them to keep going how about you what motivates you to keep going i would have to say you just reminded me of one small goal i do have related to working out so um me and a couple of my friends started this challenge where we work out six out of seven days a week. So you get one free rest day. And for every, so if I don't work out one day, we pay $5 to like the pot. And if you miss two days in a week, you pay $10. If you miss Jeez. three days, it's $15. So honestly, like I told myself a few months back, that my goal was for my 30th birthday that I wanted to feel better about myself physically. And so in order to do that, I wanted to get on like a workout plan. I mm-hmm. hate going to the gym. I'm obsessed with SoulCycle. My wallet can't afford SoulCycle as much as I want. So there were other things I had to mm-hmm. come up with. So honestly, having that, it's not necessarily a competition, but you know, when you got money on the line, mm-hmm. you don't mess with my money. That's motivation. So that's motivation for me to actually stick to it. So, and you know, like you said, when you don't see results, it's kind of discouraging. And so what we did or what I did is I took a before picture when I first started mm-hmm. working out. And then 30 days later, I took an after picture. And I'm so thankful I did that because I didn't feel different. I didn't see any differently in the mirror. Like I still saw myself the same. But, but when then I she saw showed the pictures, JP. and I'm like, oh my god, I, I, it's there, it's there! Like I actually did something, and so that was my motivation too. Seeing the you know before and after pictures, I saw Veronica's before and after picture, and I was, I was like, dang, you did this in 30 days, and that motivated me. Do that. Take the pictures. 30 days out. Don't weigh yourself. Don't measure yourself because that does not work. Just take a before and after every 30 days. And if you're actually sticking to it, you'll see some sort of a difference. What motivates me is, I guess, feeling good about myself, knowledge-wise, knowing more, finding different interests. Also, I guess, like, little projects. Yeah. I think that motivates me a lot because, uh, like I said, I like to see results right away. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think of, okay, I'm going to furnish the girls' room, for example. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. And I want to finish that specifically, and I want to see it all done. I did find an article titled Golden Rules of Goal Setting, Five Rules to Set Yourself Up for Success, because... Because I do think it's important to learn how to set goals and set realistic goals. So the five rules are... Number one, set goals that motivate you. Make sure that they are important to you and that there is value in achieving them. Motivation is key to achieving goals, which is what you were saying. Feel free to write all this down too. Number two, set SMART goals. So S-M-A-R-T. S standing for specific. Your goal must be clear and well-defined. M standing for measurable. Your goal should include precise amounts, dates, etc. So you can measure the degree of your success. A stands for attainable. Make sure the goal you set is achievable but still challenging. The R stands for relevant. Goals should be relevant to the direction you want to take your life in. Setting wildly scattered and inconsistent goals will waste your time. And the T, time bound. Your goals must have a deadline. Number three, set your goals in writing. Writing it down makes it more real and tangible. Put goals in visible places to remind yourself every day of what you intend to do. Number four, make an action plan. And this is the most often missed step. Break down your goal into small tasks 
Create a to-do list and cross off tasks as you complete them. Number five, stick with it. For me, this is the harder part. Um, Goal setting is an ongoing activity. Review your goals often to make sure they're still relevant and that you are still on track. I think this is a good way to start writing out your goals and making your goals more realistic. Mm -hmm. This could be for weight loss. This could be for um, certain goals at work, like reading, reaching certain goals in terms of sales or stuff like that. It could really fit anything. And that brings us to our final topic, which is working towards self-love. The first question for the polls regarding self-love was, I love myself as I am most of the time. 83% of our listeners said true. 17% of our listeners said false. I would say I did. Would there be things that I would change? Kind of. I think that's natural. But... In general, I, I love myself the way I am. I'd have to agree. I do wish I was like two inches taller, but that's okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose that with heels. <laughs> true. For me, I would say true, but I will say that I did have a period in my life where I would have said false. And that was when I had, um, when I was going through that postpartum depression phase after I had Valentina. I couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. Because before I had Valentina, body wise, I was like, alright. <laughs> You can get it, JT. And then that totally changed. And then on top of the whole chemical imbalance, I guess you could say, I just couldn't even look at myself in the mirror. And I kept comparing myself to other women who had had babies and snapped back. And it was just not a good time. So I definitely would have said false back in the day. So if you you are one of the people that said false, um, take it from me. That can change. Question number two, whether I say it out loud or not, I sometimes find myself comparing myself to others. This could be physically, intellectually, over material things, meaning like what they have, etc. 80% of our listeners said true. 20% said false. I think it's natural to pay attention to other people. I would say honestly right now I would say it's false. I don't really find myself comparing myself to other people. I notice it. Like I notice when somebody has a Ferrari and I have a Hyundai. Like I, <laughs> I, I notice it but it's like okay you have a Ferrari and I have a Hyundai and I'm pretty damn happy with my Hyundai. Because <laughs> it's paid off and all that. Yeah, but, I guess you could like kind of wish something like oh I wish I could do my makeup like her or something or oh, I wish I was that skinny or you know like but maybe not like oh how come she able, mm-hmm. how come i can i don't know it's just there's like i guess it's the way that you think about it in terms of the weight thing like at least for me now a lot of people are a lot more fit than i am but then the question when you start feeling like you're comparing yourself to oh like she's more fit than i am you gotta think to yourself well what are you doing to get on that level right. Well, I can speak for myself, like, probably not much. So how can you compare to that when they're obviously putting in the work? You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. So that's that's kind of, like, the mentality you have to have for things like that. Things that you can uh, control. Like, okay, she knows how to do makeup and I don't. Take a class. Watch YouTube channels if you can't pay for the class. You know what I mean? Just as an example. Right. So, because if it's something I want, then I could probably work for it. How about you, Lynn? Um, I would have to agree with what you said. I don't think I compare myself in the way that I'm like, damn, why can't I have what they have? But, you know, you do notice things. But then I also end up thinking, like, so social media, for example, you see people who, like, are always on vacations or Mm -hmm. they have the really nice bodies or they're talking about skincare. And so, you know, I recently asked one of our dermatologists um, at my job, I'm like, hey, you know, what's the secret to good skincare help me and so he was like well number one jeans and then mm-hmm. number two and then he gave me his advice so it's like half the time you know you're comparing yourself to people when it comes to things that are physical that you know some people are just everyone's different so no matter mm-hmm. what you do no matter how much you work out you're never going to look like that person no matter how you learn to do your makeup like everyone is completely different mm-hmm. and unique regardless if all of you guys do the exact same workout routine or go to the exact same makeup class, you know, it's, I just try not to because that's just, you're setting yourself up for failure if you're always comparing yourself to someone because no one's you and 
you know, mm-hmm. vice versa. So And what makes us different is what makes us attractive, I think. In terms of Instagram, it makes it really easy for you to wish that you had things that you didn't have or to look a certain way. I mean, it affects people at any and all ages, but when you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to love yourself, it makes it difficult for you to do so because it makes it so easy for you to compare or to want. But couldn't wanting something be kind of like a motivator? A motivator? Yeah. But then I think... Or use it as an example? As a motivator? Yeah, but I think it depends on the person. Not everybody can use it as motivation. Some people use it as a way to like look down on themselves. Question number three. I criticize things about myself more often than I praise myself. 69% of our listeners said true. 31% of our listeners said false. And I think that's accurate because I criticize myself more often. I'm not criticized like meh, but like I nitpick about myself more often than I say good job JT or damn you look good JT. You know what I mean? More often I'll be like uh this does not look good on me. But I will say like so I tend to make jokes out of everything so I don't necessarily criticize myself in a mean way but I criticize myself in a joke. So I don't know if you remember from our group chat Somebody told me to, like, put my big girl pants on and do something. I'm like, I am wearing my big girl pants because I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I, like, I'm joking, but low-key, I'm criticizing myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Dang, I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. For me, it's a way for, like, you can't say ish about me because I know. So it's kind of like a defense mechanism. I'm accepting it, and I'm pretty. I'm pretty well aware that I'm not doing anything to change it at the moment. Okay, I will say physically, when we're out and stuff, I hate taking pictures because I hate which is crazy. So like, we take like you know how most girls are like, oh my god, let's take a picture, let's take a group. Like I'm like, can you just hurry up and get this over with? Like I don't even care what it looks like. Like I don't want to see it. Like that's how I am. So maybe in that sense, I probably criticize myself. Like I don't tell myself, oh, you're so ugly. I'm just like, I just avoid it. But you're not. And then, right. thank you. <laughs> um, so I'm not, like, putting myself down, I guess. But I don't think I'm also building myself mm-hmm. up. I'm just, meh. You're neutral. Yeah. I do sometimes. I'm like, uh, I don't like the way I look. Or does this really go with me? Or if I try something new, I'm like, I don't know if it's because I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, nah, it doesn't look good. I feel like I criticize myself more. Maybe not so much physically but sometimes like with this new restaurant coming up i'll be like oh i mean i've never worked in the restaurant business what if i can't sometimes i'll criticize my my skill level more so than i praise it yeah number four there is such a thing as loving yourself too much 40 percent of our listeners said true and 60 percent said false that there is such a thing as loving yourself too much i think I don't know, it's kind of a blurry line for me because I think that you can't love yourself too much. Like, you want to love yourself to your fullest potential so that no one else can ever make you feel less than what you are. But I think where the lines blur is how you act about that self-love because when someone is arrogant, it just pushes people away. So I guess just you can love yourself to your fullest potential, but when you act on it in a certain way, it just rubs people the wrong way, I guess. And I feel like there are ways of loving yourself 100% without having to be, like, narcissistic and arrogant mm-hmm. and rude to other people. Yeah, I agree with all. I think that you have to love yourself, but also be humble. I would be 50-50, but my way of thinking is you can love yourself to the max 100% but it's how you start thinking about other people and viewing other people and treating other people when you love yourself at 100% if you start looking down on other people because you're just the hottest ish mentally physically however and you start treating other people like they're beneath you then it's too much you like you said you need to be humble I think people that are not as humble and love themselves to the max are not always aware that that's how they are. I don't know how to explain it. Like They're blinded by They're their blind mind. to it. But, okay, self-check time. If you start thinking, like, 
I'm better than I look better than this person. I'm smarter than this person. And right. you could be. You and you could be. Are. But when you start thinking that and you start treating that person as if that is fact, then you need to start taking a step back and reflect and make a little humble pie and eat it. But nobody's perfect. Right. So if that's the problem or that's something that you're dealing with, work on it. You can work on being more humble. All right. Question number five. It is possible to truthfully and wholeheartedly empower others while one does not wholeheartedly love themselves. True or false? And how can you empower others if you don't love yourself so 68 percent of our listeners said it's true and it's possible 32 percent said false and it's not possible i still think it's possible to not fully love yourself and empower others how empowerment comes in many different ways true you might not love yourself but somebody else might see you as successful or Mm -hmm. they might see you as such a great person because even though you're in those situations you have a great attitude for example you can still empower somebody i remember last time this was sort of a topic on a previous episode i said that you can't Mm -hmm. that you really have to fix yourself before you can help others but since then i've changed my mind um and i feel like it it has to do with you know suicide has kind of increased in the news over the last few months and so a lot of the stories that people tell about those who had just killed themselves that you had no idea that you couldn't tell they seem so happy and normal and the reality is that no one really knows what your true struggles are you know because people who are you know depressed and things like that or have other personal issues going on they they leave these impacts on people that they leave behind that are so so positive it just makes me think like all right obviously these people did not have their stuff together you know they had things they were going going through and dealing with and yet people had such a high regard for them that that's part of the reason why i feel like you don't have to be in the best state yourself to help others feel better about themselves um and i pulled up a quote Mm-hmm. So Robin Williams passed away. She's 2014. I thought it was just like last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of his quotes said, I think the saddest people always try their hardest to make people happy because they know what it's like to feel absolute, absolutely worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. So that just goes to show mm-hmm. like you don't know what people are going through and you know, bringing someone else up and, and, and empowering someone else could make me maybe help them feel a little bit better. So I feel like anybody can empower anyone. I'm kind of in the middle of this. And last time we spoke, I was like, no, you cannot empower someone if you don't love yourself. I'm in between. It really depends on the person. Um, some people are able to empower other people when they don't love themselves wholeheartedly and they mean it and they want the best for that person etc etc but then i feel like there's another group of people who if they're down everybody else is coming down with them (laughs) type thing right so i think it really depends on the person and just the mentality they have some of our listeners let us know how or what they think um someone said it's easier to compliment and give advice and tell others how to better themselves as opposed to you doing it so they said That's always true i feel like it's e- things are easier said than done <laughs> yeah so they said it's true someone else said um they said false you cannot the same way you can't love someone else if you don't love yourself i do think that's true like having a relationship at least I don't mm-hmm. know how it would apply, like, mother to parent or vice versa, but I do think that having a relationship is more difficult if you're not happy with yourself, because mm-hmm. it just complicates things. Yeah, you yeah. have more doubts, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that, you know, if you're, you don't love yourself and you still want to, like, you know, help your neighbor, the old lady that lives next door, bring her groceries into her house, like, mm-hmm. even that little acts of kindness are empowering and encouraging to other people so people always give good advice to others and never take it for themselves so that's how they're empowering others by giving them the best advice maybe they're not necessarily following themselves some people like to cheer on each other and not really cheer on themselves 
One more. Saying, Lena, you may want the best for someone, but I don't believe you can support them 100% when you don't love yourself. I think it also depends on what exactly it is you're trying to support someone with. Because, I mean, I, that, I don't, that just made me think of... So I have a friend who is in the process of buying a home or looking for one. And, you know, when you bought your house, you kind of told me about your experience. Mm-hmm. And then now that I already gone through it and I'm talking to my other friend, you know, I'm doing my best to give her my honest advice mm-hmm. on how, what I thought, what I could have changed, what I really liked about my process. And so, I mean, I feel like that is just, that's an example of empowering someone. I mean, Maybe, you know, in hindsight, I feel like, damn, I wish we would have gotten, like, a smaller house or mm-hmm. this and this, and I may not be, like, 100% yay about our house. Mm-hmm. You know, there's things I wish I would change, could have changed or had done differently, but just because I'm not 100% happy with it doesn't mean that I'm not going to try and help someone sabotage else. Sabotage someone. Right. I wouldn't want to sabotage them so that they're also unhappy. Like, yeah. I want to give them the best advice, and I, that's how you empower people. So yeah. It's great. It's not yeah, black and white. Yeah, definitely. Right. I did find an article for this as well. The article is titled, A Seven-Step Prescription for Self-Love. And this is by a psychologist, Deborah Koshaba. And this is from Psychology Today. So before we get to the seven steps, she wrote, Self-love is an action, not a state of feeling good. Self-love is a state of appreciation for oneself that grows from actions that support our physical, psychological, and spiritual growth. She also says, when we act in ways that expand our self-love, we begin to accept much better our weaknesses as well as our strengths, have less need to make excuses for our flaws, and have compassion for ourselves as human beings struggling to find personal meaning. So now this is Dr. Koshaba's seven-step prescription for self-love. She recommends taking it slow one or two steps at a time don't try to complete all these steps all at once it's overwhelming and again you can write this down number one become mindful be aware of what you think what you feel and what you want and act on this knowledge rather than on what others want for you number two act on what you need rather than what you want stay focused on what you need Turn away from automatic behavior patterns that get you into trouble, keep you stuck in the past, and lessen self-love. When I thought, when I saw this, I thought about two examples. A, trying to get fit. I know that piece of cake looks yummy, <laughs> but and it's an automatic behavior to just go for it, mm-hmm. and it's what you want. But what you need is that savage. <laughs> <laughs> Don't keep repeating the cake thing because then you're just going to be stuck and there's going to be no progress. And then my second example that this made me think about was relationships. You might want the bad boy or the bad girl. That's not what you need. What you need is someone that's not going to continuously break your heart just because that's your type. You know what I mean? Yeah. You keep making the same mistake going for the same kind of person and you're stuck in the past. And that person is not helping yourself love. Step number three. Practice good self-care. You will love yourself more when you take better care of your basic needs. People high in self-love nourish themselves daily through healthy activities like sound nutrition, exercise, proper sleep, intimacy, and healthy (laughs) social interaction. Or even like showering I mean I know that's like (laughs) you know like some days like there's days where I like will work from home and you know I wake up just in time to have some breakfast and sign on and I'm working all day and by the end of the day I'm in my pajamas still (laughs) and I'm like oh I feel so worthless so just simply going to the shower go to the bathroom taking a nice shower coming out I feel like a brand new person yeah simple sometimes just pep yourself all you need sometimes yep brush your brush your hair yep And I will say, like, when I'm actually working on my fitness, I feel great after working out, and I feel great when I'm eating the right things. Right. It's like, why don't we just do it? You know what I mean? You got to make it a habit. Yeah. It takes 21 days. 21 days. 21 days to build a habit. And it's possible, because I'm already there, and I feel proud. I've never been at this level my entire life, so I'm pretty proud of reaching this goal. Okay, number four. Set boundaries. 
you love yourself more when you set limits or say no to work, love, or activities that deplete or harm you physically, emotionally, spiritually, or express poorly who you are. I need to work on this one. And saying no. Yeah, learning to say no on things that I don't really want to do because then I'm stuck doing things and I'm in a bad mood and I'm like mad and then Mm -hmm. I resent myself for being such a pushover. So that's definitely something I need to work on. Why is it hard for you to say no though? Just because I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm, I learned this and I still sometimes am a yes person, but I used to be a very, like I was a yes person 100%. But now I'm starting to learn or I say no a lot more often and people do not like it. They don't like it when you say no. Yeah, especially when they're used to you saying yes all the time. Yeah. Like, to you guys, I'll be like, can we not? (laughs) (laughs) But like, when I'm not too close to you, I'll say no, but I... In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, she doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> like, I'm self-conscious of saying no still, but you got to do it. Set boundaries. Especially when you have so much other stuff going on, time is money. Yeah. Time is, you know, you don't want to waste time on things you don't want to do or things that make you feel bad or don't make you love yourself more. Yeah. So just think about that. And again, you don't have to do these all at once, one or two at a time. Number five, protect yourself. Bring the right people into your life. Get rid of the people and, and she put it in quotes, friends who take pleasure in your pain and loss rather than in your happiness and success. I think this is key. You have to have have the right people in your circle. Yep, agree. And there's always going to be people that aren't rooting for you. Keep them on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, Number six, forgive yourself. Before you can truly love yourself, you must accept that you are human and not perfect. Practice being less hard on yourself when you make a mistake. There are no failures, only lessons learned, as long as you learn and grow from your mistakes. Um, that just reminded me of my Finances. debt. <laughs> my <laughs> yeah, debt mistakes. Like, <laughs> yeah, not a failure because I learned and I passed on my knowledge to my brothers. <laughs> and to everybody listening. Everybody listening, yes. Number seven, the final step, live intentionally. Live with purpose and design, even if that purpose isn't crystal clear. Make decisions that support your goals, which we've said in the first topic. You will love yourself more when you see yourself accomplishing what you set out to do. I don't think 24-7 you have to live intentionally. Like, sometimes you should have fun. But for the most part, you should be doing things that are putting you in the path to achieve your goals sometimes those fun things are part of your goals yeah like going to japan next year (laughs) yeah and that's it i did want to end this podcast episode with something a little fun still relating to self-love i had an additional question on the polls and it was basically like a complete the sentence type thing and it said i'm most confident when da, da, da. I'm most confident when my youngest daughter tells me that I am the best cooker in the world. <laughs> the best <laughs> cooker. Yeah, she says cooker. Whenever they say things that make me feel really good about myself, so it's it doesn't even have to be you know cooking. It could be anything, but some, they say a lot of things that motivate me mm-hmm. and they make me feel really confident. Your daughter's positive feedback feedback makes you confident. Definitely. I think I feel confident when I'm knowledgeable about something, you know, when I can kind of like hold my own in a conversation or I, you know, can help someone find something or learn something or give them advice on something that I have experience with. That's when I feel confident the most, I think. I can totally see that about you. For me, I feel the most confident when I'm making people laugh. You're pretty good at that. Yeah, like, it makes me feel like, A, I'm making you laugh, so I'm making you feel good to some extent. It makes me feel confident because I feel interesting when I make people laugh. And you can tell when it's a genuine laugh, so that makes me feel even more confident. So initially when I meet a new person, I'm quiet, not because I'm a quiet person, but just because I'm surveying the situation. <laughs> but once I make people laugh, I feel comfortable in that situation, especially when I don't know the people. 
And JP is just like one of the wittiest people I know. Okay, so some of the responses from our listening from our listeners were I feel most confident when I work hard towards a goal and I achieve it. I feel most confident when I look bomb. When my outfit, makeup, hair, and skin is on point. And then she added snaps. <laughs> I feel most confident when I'm doing something I love. I feel most confident when I'm doing an activity that I truly love that brings me joy. Those are cute responses. And then I have a couple more. I feel most confident when I'm prepared. Oh yeah, that too. I feel most confident, one of our fellas said, when I get a fresh cut. (laughs) Oh, someone else said, I feel most confident when I make people laugh. Twinsies. And then someone said, I feel most confident when I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. That's hilarious. I think everybody it feels, feels more, more outgoing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can just do whatever. And that is the end of our topics and of our final episode of the summer and of the year. I just want to thank Emily again for stopping by and joining us. And I want to thank Veronica for being one of our co-hosts as well. Thanks for having us. I hope you guys had a great time. Definitely. We are definitely going to be back next summer. I hope you guys have a great rest of the year. Isn't it crazy to say? Rest yeah. of the year. A great rest of the year. Great beginning to the next year. Lots of love. Lots of blessings. Lots of health and happiness for everybody. And keep tuning in to the DMV Girl Gang Instagram page. We got lots of things coming. We're going to still continue featuring our lovely ladies on our page. If you do have a business event coming up or something that you would like us to help you promote, just DM the DMV Girl Gang page and we can help you out. And then we do have, or we're hoping on having another networking event late fall. So stay tuned for that. And thanks, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. And we love you. Bye. 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 And bye for now. Bye for now.